What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. The podcast name? What? Fuck! I forgot. I messed up. Saludos a mi gente. Welcome to Mastering the BS Podcast. That's right. With your host, Alexa. I'm your host, Esteban. Anyway, we're here podcasting. I feel like that that meme, the um, what's his name, the guy who does Ant Man, um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Oh, I love look him. at us! <laughs> look at us! Who would have thought? <laughs> um, truly. Mm, I love that show too. There's so many things I love. Hot ones. Hot ones, yeah. Yeah. And I, love that I don't show. like spicy things, but I've always wanted. I don't. I mean, I like. I wish I could eat spicy things, but like I'm Colombian and English, and like combined, <laughs> I have the blandest palate out of anyone. Anyway, we're so off, we're so off topic already. Okay. Let's go into the introductions. What is the what, podcast yeah. about? Where? Why are we here? Why are we here? Okay, we are here to present to you all our cohort podcast, specifically for an unnamed master's unnamed program. secret. Top secret. The only thing you guys will know. We're um, dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's to a play on words science bio, in, in biomedical, biomedical sciences. sciences. Which, I think the play on words is kind of us being stupid, because I think it would be BMS. Us. <laughs> Oh, okay. Me, because I I was I have the to credit one that you. came. Yeah, exactly. And but oh, everyone good, voted yeah. it. Everyone voted it. And yeah, we did vote on this title, and my suggestion won, even though it, I think it should technically be BMS. What is biomedical science? That's what we should talk about. Because people are like, "What is that? And why are you doing it?" And to that, I say, I don't know. I mean, most of us we're probably all bio or bio like. We're about that bio life, you know, we're because about that bio. <laughs> I guess just... that is true. Because as a pre I still was into that bio life. See, you want to talk about that? No, <laughs> that's a whole podcast within that's itself. A whole huh? other podcast. Is, um, well, that's what that is. This is what it is for. My love hate relationship that led to a breakup with the veterinary field. <laughs> what is biomedical science? That's fine. Well, um. We I've never been I've together. never been the smartest person. I've never been the smartest person. You give me a book, I'm really good at looking Where words are you going up. with this. <laughs> yeah, cuz I don't know. I don't know exactly. I'm well, okay. I'm going to give we you Google it. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> no, well, you Google it. I'll come up with a Esteban definition. BS it. Exactly. The biomedical sciences. The way I can explain to you, I feel like it's a it's a umbrella term for a lot of the um, specific things that go into medicine, like research and medicine, and the specifically the biological stuff within research and medicine. Like most of us in the master's program, we have to do a research project. We're just addressing specific questions, addressing specific questions to try to get a, a fundamental understanding of what biomedical sciences is as a whole and capturing little bits and pieces to the what the bigger thing is 
Okay, this is the definition. I'm just going off. <laughs> All right. So the actual definition is biomedical science includes any course of scientific study related to biology as it affects healthcare. Damn. The tool. The tool you gave me. The actual definition. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. I appreciated the S1 version, mm. but I also appreciate I was just buying time. Accu- accuracy. I was just buying you probably, I probably Oh, you're off. buying me time. Yeah. Thank you. That was yeah. so kind. Mm. It's like medical school, but not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the goal, right? Well, for most, all, for all of us. For a lot of people. But one, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Unless know if- I switch back to vet. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All we, for some freaking crazy reason, we want to be doctors. Mm. Don't know why. Do you want to talk about why you want to be a doctor? No. Another podcast. That's, yeah. I think that's for another podcast. <laughs> or another Both part, you right? and I. We, we're very similar in this. Because mm. I feel like, well, I mean, no, that's not true because you were like in diapers and you wanted to be a doctor, I feel like. Um, so for me, I guess the first time that someone put it in my head, like you should be a doctor with my abuelita. My abuelita was like, Tienes que ser un doctor para que puedas cuidar a viejitas como yo. Yeah, and that's what she would say. That's such immigrant parent shit, dude. Yeah, and I had, but I had no idea. I had no idea. I, I knew when I was a kid I was not smart. Like I just knew. <laughs> I just knew I was not smart. And then in You're high like, school. I'm stupid. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what, like, I was like, I don't have, like, I don't think I'm that person to be like a doctor or nothing like that um but i was like school because my dad he would always have us like working like he always has working because my dad's a truck driver and he he he's also he's a truck driver he's also his own mechanic he's also like a farmer like he does he's like jack of all trades and ag you know but it's because in mexico that's how they would live their lives like how they would get their own food and everything and he always, even to this day, he always has his working out outside. That's what he wants. He wants his working outside. Tienen que ser trabajadores con los pantalones bien fajados. Like, that's what my dad. My oh, that's dad's cute. A, machismo to the maximum. Like, you know, my family, like, that's how I was raised. And, and maybe I have some machismo qualities or, like, tendencies myself, you know? So I'm always trying to be aware it's of like that. It's like the always. worst of both worlds, like machismo, but then, like, um, you get baby bed in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk about like? No. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were raised in kind of like this traditional Mexican household where we were like, you know, you have to work. Yeah. And and I always liked school, but it wasn't until like high school came along where I was like, okay, I gotta decide. I'm like, am I gonna go to college or am I gonna be a truck driver? That was basically my decision. And then my my football coach, my linebacker coach, he was just like. You know, you should go. You should just go to college. You know, it's a it's an awesome experience, and you should go to this school. But yeah, he's like, you should do physical therapy. I know you like the sciences. I know you like um, you like to help people. So I always like had this like desire to want to help or like something in the medical field. And I was super interested with like the athletic trainer at our yeah. high school. Just oh like, gosh, you're like writing your personal statement yeah. right now. <laughs> no, my personal statement. Have you, you already written me. it? Yeah, I wrote it. I applied to medical school. I applied to medical school already. I applied this year, but I did not do good on the MCAT. I did not do good. But yeah, I digress. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, I talk about them. <laughs> and then, yeah, not until I, it was in college that I started hearing about people like doing scribing and uh, all the pre-meds people like you know doing scribing and doing different things like serving the community like i just felt like those are things that i would more like 
I felt like my heart lined with more like serving my community, serving people, being a person of service. Like that's where I felt like my heart aligned with. And I like, you know, stepped in the water a little bit and now I'm deep in the ocean, you know, I'm deep in the ocean oh, trying to yeah. trying to surf here over we here. Are. Yeah. I'm drowning. I don't know how you're surfing. <laughs> I'm trying to. I never said I was, After but I'm trying week. to. Mm. Okay, so we've said we're both in this Masters of Biomedical Science program. Mm. How old are you? I'm 23. I'm 23. I just okay, turned 25. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. September. I'm 25, and I feel like a lot of people, well, like what the average age going into med school is like 26 now, right? That's the average age. But I feel like people Last freak out. 100%. People are like, oh, no, I need to get in like now. Like, I need mm. to get in my freshman year college. It's like, mm. just chill. That's how I felt for sure. That's why. Yeah. Like when I was in undergrad going to vet school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get in vet school right out of undergrad. Like, why would I ever take time off? Mm. And then I did take time off and I was like, I would have killed myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally. You're so burnt out. And like, if I hadn't taken that time, I would have never stopped to think like, oh, maybe this isn't. Maybe this isn't it. 100% because like, you know, like how we spent all our lives and what it's revolved around in school, like 17 years of school, like, you know, we've been in it and we're adding more to it now in the master's program. But I feel like it's a good um, cushion, not a cushion, but maybe like a, a something to launch us into medical school, a good launching point. Like, you know, we get to do oh, research. Sure. Did you know anything about a thesis before you? Because honestly... I mean, like I, my little brother the other day is in high school and he was like, how do you do a thesis? And I was like, when I tell you that I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Because I know like for, because we're technically, I guess, in a special master's program. Mm -hmm. But like when you do a regular like two-year master's, I feel like you have to find your advisor before they accept you. Yeah. But like we're getting matched with advisors. Like we're already in the program and they're like, okay, well, we're just going to throw you in with someone literally throw you into a meeting where you're gonna get yelled at <laughs> yeah yeah and um and just like good luck yeah i mean oh this is i mean i can go on about this question because i feel like you know i would like to mention just like the beginnings of like you know i'm like you know the first of my family to go to college and like uh, for me, I never knew. Like you're the first one. I feel like we should have sound effects. Like every time somebody is first first gen, should, it'd be like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm I'm first in my family, and I had no idea how the whole college thing worked out. And like while being in college, it was interesting to to learn more about like how my professors got to the point where they are, and like how the whole importance of doing research actually like kind of propels you to be able to do um to have different jobs have different opportunities it just makes you look like just a better candidate in, in general for whatever study that you want to go into whether that be philosophy or or the arts or whatever the case may be even the sciences that's what all of it is is like you know you're, you're trying to be a doctor you're trying to be a researcher whatever it may be and you're around all these super smart people it's hard not to compare yourself it's hard not to like not to feel that imposter syndrome like automatically as soon as you you step into like oh yeah that's a different episode that's a whole different hundred percent hundred percent especially after seeing the freaking quiz scores today I was like oh, yeah oh my gosh yeah well <laughs> we can do it we can cry um 
Okay, well, let's just talk about, like, why we're even getting masters, because I feel like you know better than I do. Like, I I was talking to Jose, who is in our cohort, Mm -hmm. and he was like, you know, you already got into vet school. Like, why are you even in this master's, you know? Like, and I guess, like, it does come back to imposter syndrome, because I felt like I... I was like, if I apply to med school now, I feel like they're going to laugh at me. Like, they're just going to be like, this is a joke, you know? Mm. So it's like, I need to do something to like show that I'm worthy, I guess. (laughs) Not like, I hate that word, but you know, and so like, that's why I'm here and you know, I think it's good. I, I, I don't think I was ready to just jump right into med school definitely definitely not but there is definitely that kind of like fear that i definitely share with you too like i'm not being good enough like for medical school too like for me too like in my situation like like oh like you know he took his he already applied to medical school once like he applied to medical school and he did piss poor on on the on the mcat like you know like if he can't handle this mcat you know and he he was in covid you know like what else was he doing you know what else was he doing and i I really wasn't doing anything else you know i was with my family i can say i was doing some other things too but like i should have been capable enough to to take the mcat and do good on it but i don't know what it was i think i just overthought it i think uh, well too like i didn't practice like how i should have but i'm 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 taking this master's program as like a second chance I feel like we all are too. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think, I think with COVID, I think maybe you're being a little harder on yourself because COVID is, I mean, it's hard on people. It's, I don't think, I don't think COVID was just an opportunity for everyone to stay home and study for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that they don't see it that way because that would be really messed up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, we, that's hard. We both have these thoughts that are fears, you know, I think, I think they're definitely like, you know, it's okay to have them. It's okay to have these these thoughts, but I think we definitely need community for sure. Like, like, and that's why I think like this master's program definitely provides too, like community uh, of just people who are are so are so down, like down to earth, and also like so supportive. It's all about us together, getting things done together. Because if we, you know, if we all do together, then we individually do well together. Yeah. yeah. And that's, like, so rare. Like, obviously, this is another episode, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's so rare in, like, the pre-health. I say pre-health because veterinary, dental, whatever, Mm pre-PA, but, like, pre-health, like, is so toxic Mm -hmm. and competitive. And, like, you know, people like to say that, and then you can say, like, oh, yeah, people say that, but, like, is it really? And, like, I've already told you, like, my experience is 100% it is. Mm. 100%. I've lost friends over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Like, it's always the people who are closest to you who can hurt you the most. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be, like, some random. Like, it's going to be someone who, like, you know, definitely you work with. Someone who you are around every single day. Someone you, you podcast with. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to say as well? Dang, why are, you, why are you spinning like that? Why are you spinning? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, oh, man. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. I mean, it comes with the, what we're trying to do, right? Like, yeah. Like if if it was easy, like everyone would do it, you know. Like, okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, like the and, cliche quotes now. Oh, dang! The fire. The what's it called? What, what did people say? Shots fired. Shots fired. Um, yeah, like 
For real though. For real. Like, I mean, that's what people like when you talk to like people who are in like medical school, how much sacrifices that they do and it definitely takes a weight on them, you know? And that's why like physician burnout is like such a huge topic, hot topic. And and I feel like it's gonna be like from here on onward. I think that that struggle makes you strong stronger for sure, hundred percent. Like those who can get through it, but but the thing is is like not everyone is cut like that. Not everyone is cut from like that cloth who can just be like, Well yeah, give me those. Like I can work two, four hours, four weeks straight. Like Oh, let's talk about that. Not every pre-med in undergrad who's checking off every box and shadowing every doctor <laughs> is cut out to be a doctor. Shoot. Ah, oh, man. I mean, this is tough. That's tough. Like, definitely. I will, like... I, okay. Because I worked, like, as I definitely agree to some point, but I feel like everyone can be a doctor, though. I, I feel like everyone can. I think everyone can. Everyone I feel like can everyone be is a capable. Doctor. I feel like everyone is capable. Like, uh, ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah, the, like, fat chef is like, yeah. everyone can be a chef. <laughs> You're like well, that, yeah. but, like, you think everyone can be a doctor. I think I it's, disagree. You disagree. Well, for me, I think it's just because... Um, well, it's it's definitely like a like a what's it like a, not a hot take, but like it's a difficult stance to 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 defend, I guess. I don't for think sure. everyone can be a doctor, and I much less. I don't think most people can be good doctors. Um, like it's it's just like because because I, I've worked a lot in like mentoring and stuff, you know, and I've mentored like a lot of students who I can tell like for them they have that drive, you know, they have that initial like you know interest yeah. of wanting to serve. I'm not- I'm not and saying that people like that, you know, if you're a pre-med and you're an undergrad, then you're kidding yourself. Like, obviously mm-hmm. not. Oh, yeah, but sure. like, I have also seen a lot of pre-health people that they glamorize it or they don't think past the four years of med school or they don't even think past the acceptance. 100%. They're just like, I want to get into med school. It gets me so upset, like, because there's two ends of the spectrum, right? There's those who really want to be doctors, but feel like they're incapable of it because of, you know, whatever the position that they're at. And those on the other side, too, who, like, they're definitely, like, you know, super smart and they definitely can do well in the classes. But, yeah, but I think there's ways to solve that for sure, you know, like, as far as, like, educating doctors and, like, putting them in situations where, like, they're not comfortable and, like, that aren't always like the stereotypical like oh you're serving this patient who's calmly talking to you who's nice who's from you know the same area from from you or whatever you know someone completely from a different other place you know or someone from a completely different race or someone who from a different like who speaks a completely different language like you know like these are all different ways that you know people should and then like just learning their cultures or being able to be exposed to their cultures at least a little bit or caring about it for a little bit yeah. i mean it's like it, shocking that your patients won't always agree with you mm-hmm. and then like, crazy yeah and then on the other side of the spectrum like just like being a mentor to like um, first gen students who like i've heard them like the conversations that they've had with their professors you don't have to make them feel like they're they're dumb they're little like there is just like both sides and that's why i feel like anybody can be capable too because like even in that aspect of like uh medicine is just such a broad thing like you know and i feel like there's different like you know different personalities like can fit with different specialties i guess it's just a weird thing for us Mm -hmm. to operate in this system where it's like i personally know that my gpa is like doesn't define me you know i'm not like i'm not a three four 
as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, but as much as I want to say that and like, just be like, you know, like whatever I get on the MCAT, like, you know, I put the effort in, I tried my hardest, like that is like worth something. As much as I want to say that we do operate in a system that does value you based on those things. So you have to find that balance between, you know, recognizing that those things don't define you, but at the same time, you're kind of forced to place value in them because I can't just say like, you know, screw my GPA, screw my MCAT. Cause like, if I didn't care about my GPA, quite honestly, I don't think either of us would be in this master's program. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm glad I'm in it. I'm glad I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting to navigate this world where it's like, to be a good doctor, there's just like so much more. Yeah. But um, you're like measured on these things that are not always in your control. Mm-hmm. Most of the people in my life I know are in the medical field just because of my mom. Mm-hmm. And like I I felt the same way in pre-vet too where it's like you get into this mindset of thinking that the that people who get into medical school or people who become doctors are all the same kind of person. They're all like type A, very organized, mm-hmm. very smart. Right, it's like navigating yeah just um trying to like but stay true to like yourself Mm -hmm. but at the same time you're trying to like live up to the standards of like what they want yeah so it's like if for me when i moved out like when i moved down to la i have this internship that i want to do and it has nothing to do with medical school like it just Mm -hmm. has it's just something i want to do we both work for nonprofits. like that's just we have these passions that like make us well-rounded, well-educated people, but it's just all these things that like on a medical application, they're going to look out for two seconds and be like, okay. And yeah, but like if I were to sit in my room for eight hours a day for the next six months and get like a five fifteen on my MCAT, then they're going to be like, Oh, that person. Yeah. And, like, we talked about this when we were in coffee, too. Like, well, I brought up the story about, like, how my, my last supervisor, you know, he's from Argentina. And um, he's went to go study in Spain. And now he's a professor here in, in the United States, in Fresno. And um, he was just talking to me about how the, just, like, the education system is just so different. Like, well, over here, we value numbers. We value, like, you know, um, the A's. Like, and you can tell in the students, like... I need to get this A, I need to get this A, I need to get this. And then like you get a B or you get a C and it feels like the end of the world. It feels like, but it's not like how you said it. It doesn't encapsulate who you are or also yeah. what you took out of the course. Like there's no way to try to encapsulate that like into like how it was for you individually. And over there in, in, in Spain and in Argentina, they have like this different type of method, this different type of thought process where like, you know, it's it's more for most of a focus on like how, how how you come out with like you know how your individual experience it was with the education and how you how you feel i'm not i'm not trying to say like i know like because i don't know specifically the, the education system over there but i just having that conversation with him just made me realize like you know like uh, like if this was different like imagine imagine just how how much and more enjoyable it would be for us to to enjoy this process because yeah. it's it's difficult you know it's difficult and you would get better doctors 100 percent. and it's difficult to like and my mom always says that because she didn't train i mean she trained half here she she did med school in columbia and she did her residency in new york and she said 
you know, American doctors are trained to pass tests. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trained to pass step one, step two. But like, are you are you trained to be a clinician? Mm -hmm. You know, are you trained to like diagnose? Are you trained to communicate with people? Hundred percent. Yeah, and maybe that's a good question that we should talk about. Like, do we feel like the master's program gives us that, or like, what do you feel like about the master's program that? does help you in, in getting in getting those kind of um what's the word like not attainables it's like something abuls like, <sighs> like soft skills kind of like yeah like um oh, i'll come up with the word later yeah. um but how do you feel like it's i think i mean i feel like I kind of jumped into this master's program blind a little bit where I like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm going to do master's. And then I applied to a bunch of places and I narrowed it down to two. And it's I I thought I was at a point where I was like, you know, either one is going to be fine. Like, but I feel like I, I really made the right choice. And I feel like our program is just so I mean, we've talked about this like so much how like our program is just so counterculture I guess to like the rest of like the pre-med like world mm -hmm. where like yeah obviously we're all here to do well we're all here to like get good grades and like take these classes and defend our thesis whatever that may mean mm -hmm. but we're also like we're all kind of like real people <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like we're all like okay yeah like we're not we're not here to take the perfect notes and attend every office hour and jump at every opportunity just because it looks good on our application mm. and network with every possible professor. And, you know, like mm. we're, we know who we are and it's like, if we see an opportunity that we're like, yeah, that really interests me, then like, we'll jump at that and like, we'll support each other in that. But I feel like we're just, we're all of us are at the point where like we're past the checklist like mm. we're like what is that gonna do for me you know like if i get you know if i get to med school with an application that shows a person that isn't even me mm. then like what did i do to myself 100%. all of that stuff that you put on application is time that you spent Mm -hmm. you know and if you look at your application you spend look at all these hundreds of hours i spent doing stuff that i literally don't care about mm. then you know you could have spent that doing something that you are passionate about or you know just taking care of yourself mentally mm. or even just like spending time with your family like that's time that you took away from your relationships mm. just to like do something to put on an application oh my god uh, <laughs> like Oof, like, you know, I can talk about the relationships aspect all day, like, because, like, you know, my personal relationship with my, you know, significant other and then also, like, with my family, like, like, that's how, just how I was raised, like, you know, family is the most important thing, like, you know, like how I told you, like, my older siblings, like, you know, my oldest sibling, like, my sister, like, she works with my dad, you know, she does paperwork and stuff, she's, you know, she, she was a young mom, but, you know, she still works with my dad and my older brother. 
he works with my dad, you know, and we kind of revolve all around our family. We keep it like a tight unit. Like that's how I always felt like it was going to go. So me going to like do medical school, me going to a different city, like it was just such a huge different, even though the city was only, Fresno was only like 30 minutes away. Right. But like for me still, it was just like so much of a, a culture shock. I felt so homesick and I felt so much like, like, dang, I felt guilty. I felt there's no way I could say like, I didn't feel guilty like about like my decision to to want to become a doctor or spend all this time when I could be pouring into them, pouring into like, you know, my dad's business, my, the relationship I have with my sister or with my brother and strengthening that, you know, or my little brother. Like right now, that's what I'm focusing on. Like that's one of my priorities for sure is working because right now he's in he's in uh, Fresno State. Like he's just started his first year. And, um, you know, for me, like he's also trying to go into STEM. Like, so I know like the struggles, I know what hardships are he can face. So I'm trying to not only like prepare him for that, but also give him like the best road that he can possibly have, you know? And that's, that's what you should want, you know? That's what you should want for, like, I know there's like, you know, like how I said earlier, you know, struggle is good because it trains you too, but also it can, it can, it can consume you and it can break you down and it can make you feel like nothing. Um, and it can just like tear you apart, but you know, like you definitely need your foundation. And for me, I feel like my foundation is family and I feel like school has definitely tore me away, but I feel like, you know, I think this master's program has been awesome. Just like within just being that we're, I think it has been a cool thing that we're in like COVID and we're able to stay home and we're able to spend time with our families and, and, um, you know, uh, not just be like in a different city. School, school, school. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think it's awesome. And people were like complaining like, Oh, like I wish there was in person stuff. And I was like, I get to sit on my couch and like go to class (laughs) like it's my dog Mm. and like yeah no I'm loving it Mm -hmm. I mean obviously like excited to like move to LA and everything and Mm -hmm. and, you know network more and you know meet our professors in person and (laughs) and our our program director she's so cute our little mom yeah she's dope she's dope Dr. F (laughs) oh my gosh she she said that she'd be down to do the the Spanish thing like the Spanish uh, thing that I said like the, <gasps> the class yeah so she should be down oh to be gosh, in it. So cute. yeah I was emailing her last night and I put an emoji in there because it's like I feel like she would enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird and that's like, that's the thing too like I think it's just just fitting like you know that she's our director you know she's the person yeah and we have a class with her too when we have a class with her next semester too right she teaches physiology oh yeah yeah because i was talking to her yesterday and i told her that i used to ta for physiology and she's like you're gonna have to help me next semester but i didn't even pay attention to that (laughs) she's cute Mm -hmm. and you can tell she cares you know she's like her mom (laughs) literally like whenever we have presentations in class on zoom you can just see her face she's so happy she's like yes (laughs) kids and it's it's so dope too that like um we're not gonna say the university but like how she was at a bigger university and she was getting paid big bucks and she decided to get a pay cut just so she can come teach like with us you know at this university because she cares you know she cares about our students and that just that for me speaks like huge because money money is like you know like it can consume people it can consume people and it could like you know, even people who like, you know, 
like our, like like how we were talking about earlier, like people who are trying to do pre med like for the wrong reasons, like for those who are trying to do it for money or those who are trying to do it for, for um, the status, exactly or for the looks of it, instead of like actually for helping people. Uh-huh. And like I think she she brings that out in all of us. I feel like a hundred percent. Yeah, no, definitely, and it's it's just so rare. I feel like in academia or in medicine to have someone that you can go to without it being such a formality you know mm. like literally two days ago i was like doctor i have no idea what's i'm getting ghosted by my freaking <laughs> thesis advisor <laughs> like i need help and she was just like yeah i'll send you a zoom link like right now and then she told me that i was missing my meeting and she was like yeah get on the meeting and then call me back <laughs> And I think it's uh, like, cause I want you to speak on it too. Like, because I think it's such an awesome thing being in the master's program because we get to uh, choose a specific topic, like more or less. Right. Cause uh, you know, it's been hard for us to choose like a specific mentor because we've had to apply to this. We've had to do like multiple applications, yeah. but um, in a sense we can kind of strive to, to, to do something that we're interested in. And for you, I, w- I was wondering if you could speak on what, what made you choose or what are you interested in as far as doing research? You said about, you said a little bit earlier oh, and yeah. like, why does it interest you? And, and like, you know, um, you know, why for you does it bring value to you? Um, so the research I'm interested in is anything physio, physiology, but I mean, I think more specifically like cardiopulmonary kind of stuff. And I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like it sounds so cliche, but like when I was an undergrad, I, you know, took my first physiology class and my professor was awesome. And I was just like sitting there like, and it, I feel like physiology is just stuff that you never think about. Like, how does your body take a sound mm. and put it into a thought? You know, like, how does your body like tell you what sound is louder or how do you know that like that sound is over there in that part of the room, you know, or like, how do you know that like light is like this color or this color, you know, like, how do you process that from like the outside world to like your brain? And so I was just like, this is so cool. And so I loved it. And I got like an A plus in that class. So I was just like eating it up. And so I was like, hey, can I be your TA, even though like I'm an undergrad? And she was like, sure. And so I TA'd for that class. And so now, um, well, this past spring, I was I was on a research project that was looking at, we were looking at pediatric ICU patients with acute respiratory distress syndrome, mm-hmm. how plateau pressure can like um, determine like outcomes for that and so that was just really cool to see more of like the medical side of it um like cardiopulmonary physiology kind of stuff and then the project that supposedly i'm in now (laughs) we'll see (laughs) we're looking at effects of e-cigarettes on cardiac dysfunction i think i just think body processes are so cool like you know how you know biochem is like all the like nitty gritty of it, but like when you get physio is like a step out where you look at all like how all the parts of your body communicate and like how they all like work together to like make you function and it's just crazy like how you're you're working. And do you see yourself like doing research as a physician or like doing like or like what do you see yourself working like using this research? How do you feel like you'll use this research? to help you like as a physician in the future i 
honestly, I don't think I'll do a lot of research. Mm. I guess like if, if it came down to like late in my career, if I want to start teaching and mm. like get into research, like I could see that happening. Mm. But I can see you too. I- <laughs> <laughs> Being teaching, teaching some medical students. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like research isn't something that I'm very good at. I feel like a good illustration of this is like when I was at Davis, I had a TA and she was a twin. And so she was getting her PhD in animal genetics, I think. And her twin sister was in vet school. And she was like, my twin sister needs structure and she likes, you know, just like a structured system. You go to vet school, they just like tell you what to do and you do it and then you're a vet. But like a PhD, it's kind of like a lot on you, Mm. you know, like you don't know how long it's going to take and it's a lot of trial and error kind of thing. She's like, that's more of how I work. You know, I'm kind of more like free flowing kind of Mm. thing. And I feel like I'm, I, I prefer the structure versus like, I feel like I would just get too frustrated in the world of research. (laughs) I would end up like the people in my lab were just yelling at each other on the freeway. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That reminds me of this. I did a research project where I was doing a research internship in Ohio. And like, there was this awesome guy. um, He was a postdoc uh, named my Sam. And just like, we were doing like PCRs and like running them on on gels and then trying to see if uh, a specific gene was knocked out. And then, like, um, just, like, a stop process, like, after getting the, the picture from the gels and then just being like, oh, didn't work. <laughs> but this is science. Like, this tells us something still. Like, he was able to still figure out, like, okay, this may have not worked because we did it in this certain fashion. And, like, for me, like, I was, like, my mind was blown. My mind was blown. Like, dang. Like, you know, like, I was humbled, I guess, in that in that moment. Like, when he told me, like, but this is science. Like, you know, like, even though we didn't get what we wanted, like, we're so used to, especially today, like, getting what we want. Like, yeah, instant gratification, you know? But, like, it, take, it takes, uh, you know, it takes a... It takes such a long process. 100%. Such a long process. Yeah, and that's why, for me, I feel like I want to go into... I kind of want to get that instant gratification um, in the sense that... I want to like do quality improvement projects. I want to do research that focuses on, uh, you know, like um, community. Exactly, yeah, community, and then also improving current practice. Like, okay, we have this drug, we have this medication, uh, we have this service, but how how is it going? How's it how's it helping us? How's it helping our practice? How's it helping our patients today? Like, that's something that I would want to get more involved in, especially in the field of like primary care because there's so many like holes in primary care you know like that people don't 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 look at like in primary care as far as like like that preventative medicine like not only curing people and what they have how they come in through the door but also preventing people from developing diabetes in the future uh, chronic illnesses like that like to the point where like you know their quality of life is just so so low because of what position they're in and that for me seeing people in that position i definitely want to help them in that position but i wish i could like prevent all that stuff from happening and that quality of life thing like that's something that i've been super interested about in like philosophy because physician is suicide and like talking about how you know should we 
grant the permission and be give the okay to our patients to killing themselves like if they are in this certain predicament a certain circumstance in the netherlands i think that's where it started and like um that's how this whole debate started start happening because there was a, a physician who gave it to her mom because she wanted her mom to just pass away peacefully but then like you know she was she was charged she went to trial but ultimately she didn't end up serving because and then now it's like it's legal here in california now too but it's also legal and it's been legal for like eons like long time in in the netherlands but imagine they're always waiting for us with everything yeah like (laughs) and then like they're just like that's the whole thing about imagine treating your parent they're like family i know right now like today in the current medical community like you pass it on to someone else like if you're because I, I i've been in that situation where like uh one of the physician's moms comes in yeah. and like they're like no we like you know you, i asked like you know can he see his mom and he's like no like this is that's not how we do things here because like, yeah they say you're never supposed to treat your family and my mom takes that very literally because mm-hmm. every time i complain to her about something she's like it's just allergies leaving alone <laughs> oh my gosh talk yeah. to me about it tell me tell me more tell me more <laughs> no yeah that's it i could like break my leg and my mom would be like take allergies a <laughs> so yeah oh my, my mom God. takes that very literally don't treat your family oh my gosh well, i can only imagine like you know like especially to your own kid like you know like yeah like you know like you're okay <laughs> yeah it's literally like, like uh oh my gosh and then like the whole other aspect we were talking about it the other day too like bringing fa- like work home with you like yeah. like we didn't dive super into it but we like touched on it so like you know how do you how how's at least with your mom like how does how do you feel like she's been able to manage that like you know to not bring home with her and like i'm sure there's been this times you know where like you know like it like you i know you talked to me a little bit about like some of the things that you know she's experienced like you don't know what the doctor's gone through and like the way the system's currently set up like they don't care like they don't care about what the doctor just saw like if the doctor just saw someone die or anything like you gotta go see the next patient it's all about that next patient that you gotta go see it's all about that next person you gotta go see you gotta complete like how you're telling me sometimes your mom sees like up to 40 you know 40 patients a day yeah like and then people complain it's like oh my doctor only saw me for five minutes it's like yeah because they scheduled her for 40 people a day so it's either you know she takes her time with you and then 10 people don't get seen or you know she doesn't get to pick how many people she sees every day yeah because she doesn't own her private practice Mm. and that's another i would never own a private practice that sounds absolutely miserable I thought about it. I thought about it. I was Yikes. like, I'm going to get my master's in, in, uh, in business, business and I'm going to figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be able to. I've held this. Yeah, but I was the same in vet. I was, the people were like, oh, you're going to open a clinic? I was like, hell no. Like, you think that working in medicine or vet like is like a full time like you know you bring work home with you like imagine owning the clinic you can't even go on vacation because like you have to think about paying the taxes you have to think about all the OSHA stuff you have to think about hiring you know security you have to think about like regulating where did the drugs get locked up and like you have to keep track of controlled substances no thank you (laughs) yeah I mean it'd be nice you know like how like you said like it'd be like you know if all these things were right like it'd be nice to to do that and to serve but like again like you definitely bring home with you for sure i work home for me for sure because you know if you're that boss you're that you're that person and like everything's on you and i think that 
I've, I feel like that's just so hard when you're already a doctor. You already have to worry about being a care provider. And then on top of that, you are like running this business. That's just like insane to me. I think I'm still in this like puppy, puppy dog phase. Like, you know, with medicine still like I'm in this in like lovey-dovey phase where I'm like, you know, I'm going to save so many people. I'm going to bring so much change. But I feel like there is that kind of like harsh reality of like, you know, you can only do so much as just a single yeah. person. And like... I have seen like, or like I have talked to like physicians who just say like, you know, they get broken down like by the system and like they get to realize like, you know, they are limited to the max, you know? And I feel like that's one of the thing, reasons why I wanted to run my own practice so I can try to bring change. Yeah. But with so much. You're like, so regulated. Like my mom, you know, as much as people would like to be like, you know, you need to spend like at least 20 minutes with every patient. She doesn't have that. But even though they don't give her the time, they still expect her to fill out all these questions. Yeah. Like she has to do like mental health checks on every patient, you know, like assess the family and all this stuff. And it's like when you book her for 40 patients a day, how is she like, how are you expecting her to do that? hundred mm, percent. So, yeah, you can go in with like the best intentions. But like if you go somewhere and you you know, you want to be caring, you want to do everything and you, you give every patient half an hour and then you end up only seeing 10 patients a day. Mm-hmm. They're going to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to let you work there. Yeah. And so how would you change that, Alexa? What I, things should we do? How, I, how we I honestly it? think that we need more people on the legislative side, which neither you and I are doing. <laughs> <laughs> we need people that who knows? Maybe. Love President Alexa. And also a position. Yikes. <laughs> I'd vote for me over there are two options right now. Would you? 100%. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I, I think genuinely that we need people who are passionate about healthcare and, you know, making a change who maybe are like, okay, maybe I'm not cut out to be a doctor. Like, go into law, go into legislation. Because, like, that's actually where, like, the change happens. Because, like, you know, you can be one doctor and, you know, change the lives of your patients. And that's, you know, that's why we're here. And that's, like, great. If you can change legislation and, like, change how hundreds of doctors can interact with their patients, like, that's so important. Mm, 100%. Yeah. And, Like, I've thought about that, too. You know, I've thought about all different things. Like, oh, I want to get into private practice. I want to be in advocacy. Yeah. I want to be in... Go to medical school and then go to law school. <laughs> they should do that. We should do... Uh, I think there are. You, you know, there's like MD, PhD. They should do MD... JD. JD. I think there is. I think there is. I think I think there's 100%. Search it up right is now. Really? Yeah, search it up. I, That's I, insane. I looked it up. I looked it up. And they do have... You would com- have to be a psychopath to do that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but but definitely I agree. But like we need psychopaths like that. I did think about doing that when I was in vet, like going to legislation for mm-hmm. like for like animal cruelty and mm-hmm. animal testing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm cut out for long. Tiger King popped up to my head. Yeah, you watched I never it? Watched. You didn't watch it? I wanted to ask what you thought about no, it. No, I get too affected by those things. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when people go on vacations like that and they take pictures with like tires and stuff, I'm like, you're garbage. Mm. 
Uh, well, a cool thing that happened outside of that was uh, Carol Baskin, the one you know, she was a very uh, advocate. She's on Dancing with the Stars. Now. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. She did really good for her first dance. Did you That's see? That's what you were gonna say. That's the <laughs> good thing that came out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were talking. I, I, thought you, I thought it was gonna be a good thing. <laughs> no, okay, that's not what I meant. I mean, I mean, <laughs> obviously, there's better things. Oh my God, guess everyone, welcome to the podcast, Blue. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you talking about animals. <laughs> He's like, this is my time. He's like, let me out. Well, that was a good talk. It was. <laughs> Are you sure? I loved it. I love talking. I love talking. I, I love. <laughs> What's our next episode going to be? What did we say it was going to be? Uh, you said you're going to invite Samran. To see if she can come through oh, from someone. from Bakersfield. Shout out six six one. Shout out five five nine. Oh my gosh! We'll talk about all the all the pre med stuff. We'll bitch about the MCATs more, and <laughs> and I'll make Esteban read his entire personal statement on the podcast. I'll do it. I'm down. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> all right. So we'll see you guys next time with more BS.